Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 111-111 of Russell Life Radio. I'm your solo host for this uh, special episode, Kyle Polly. Uh, we're doing a Backlash preview. I know all you are excited for uh, Backlash coming up this Sunday, so we're going to give you a little preview of what's going to happen on that show. So uh, let's, let's get this thing going. But first, I do want to say... We're going to review SmackDown first for the sake of, well, backlash happening on Sunday, so we need to get you caught up on everything WWE. So I will quickly run through the show real quick for you guys. Um, it was a pretty good show, uh, really anchored by one match, and you could probably guess what match that is. Uh, but yeah, let's get into the review of SmackDown this week. So we started out the show with Jeff Hardy and Sheamus, who are doing their contract signing for their match at Backlash. Renee Young was already in the ring. She introduced Sheamus. He comes out first, comes out with a doctor, security, this giant box thingy. It's like black box thing. Uh, Michael Cole said he was surprised that Sheamus didn't come out alone because um, it was supposed to be a simple contract signing like that ever happens in WWE. But he comes out, apologizes to you know Renee for what's happening. Uh, Hardy noted that Sheamus tried to frame him. Um, said Seamus security team can't help him and, you know, can't save him from Sunday. But Seamus points out they're not here to protect him. They're here for Hardy. Uh, Seamus demands Hardy takes a drug test or he won't sign the contract. And he said that normally the test takes like a couple days, but he has a special doctor that can get results immediately. So USADA, the uh, drug testing company that stringently tests US, UFC fighters, really need to look into this because – I mean, I thought that they were at the top of their game, but apparently not. Apparently this one doctor is revolutionary. revolutionary. <laughs> I can't even talk. He's revolutionizing the uh, drug testing game by having this instantaneous test. So uh, Hardy admits to being an alcoholic. He says he goes to a meeting every week. Uh, he wants to be a beacon of light to people. Uh, he, agreed, he agrees to take the drug test uh, to ensure his match with Sheamus. So Seamus, uh, the doctor's going to initiate the test. So Hardy goes behind the curtain. He's just standing there. Seamus like goes to the camera and uh, gives like a little PSA about not taking drugs, you know, mocking Jeff Hardy while he's supposedly peeing in this glass jar or something. He comes out and this jar is filled to the brim, basically, with uh, this dark yellow urine. So Jeff Hardy really needs to drink uh, some water because he was very dehydrated based on this piss. But anyway, he grabs the jar and he's talking to Seamus. And I looked over at my girlfriend who was sitting on the couch. She was not really watching. She was on the iPad. But I said, I'm going to be furious if he doesn't throw that pee in his face. And sure enough, Jeff Hardy says, which actually got bleeped. So uh, he says, it's better. You know the saying, Seamus. It's better to be piffed, pissed off than pissed on. And he throws a jar of pee on his face. Hardy signs the contract. Seamus is stumbling all around the ring, going crazy. He is so mad. Uh, I, I like this segment. Finally, Jeff Hardy came out looking good out of a, a segment that he has with Seamus. Uh, we go to commercial break. And we come back. Seamus is in the bathroom, rinsing his mouth out. When the doctor walks in and informs Seamus that Hardy indeed passed a drug test. Seamus is furious. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was fine. 
I thought it was thought it was good. It was good. Uh, like I said, Jeff Hardy looked good coming out of it, which is better than he has for the, all the other segments. So I was fine with it. So uh, next we had Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro versus the New Day in a non-title match. Uh, New Day come in and obviously, you know, the events that have been happening in our world recently. So I liked the New Day came in. They wanted to um, kind of give, you know, honor the movement, the, you know, honor Black Lives Matter, honor George Floyd, all the events that have been happening. They were wearing black arm brand, black arm armbands to commemorate those that have lost and been taken by police recently, including Breonna Taylor. Uh, so they took a knee and held their fists up in the air, and it was a, it was a really good moment. So, uh, and then they had a good match. Uh, it was good. The only thing that the ending just kind of came out of nowhere, and I, yeah, it was just kind of strange. So basically, New Day had the advantage early. Biggie was on launch uh, Kingston over the top rope onto the hills. Nakamura was able to fight back, knock Big, Biggie off the apron. We would go to commercial break. We come back. Cesaro was in control. Uh, Biggie was able to fight back, get a hot tag for Kofi. He's running wild on Nakamura. Hits a boom drop. Sets up for trouble in paradise, but Cesaro interferes. Hits the SOS for a near fall. Biggie tackled Cesaro over the top rope. They went to the floor, and uh, Kingston King and Nakamura fought on the top rope. Uh, Kofi pushed Nakamura off, uh, hit a flying crossbody uh, or like a frog splash or something. But it was like, I don't know if it was botched or mistimed or what, but Nakamura puts his knee up, but it like, it was kind of hard to see because Kofi still kind of like splatted on him. And so he hits the knee and like rolls him over and you're thinking it's just going to be a near fall, but no, he just rolled over Kofi and pinned him. So Cesaro and Nakamura get a win over the tag team champs. Fine. But it's just a little strange. So, uh, but they, it was, you know, pretty good match. It wasn't very long, but it was good. So no problems with that. Then in the back, we had Otis and the returning Tucker. I forgot to mention, we they actually did announce that Braun Strowman, Otis, and Tucker were going to fight against Miz, Morrison, and Dolph Ziggler later in the show. So Tucker's just back. No explanation of what his injury was. I guess they, you know, Dolph injured him, but now he's just back. There's no like triumphant return. Uh, so he's in the back with Otis getting ready for the match. Uh, he's, he's hyping up uh, Otis. He puts a blindfold on him and uh, he's like, we got to get your other senses better. Uh, sure. Tucker, I don't know what your game plan is. Otis isn't going to be blindfolded, but whatever. So Otis is like sniffing the air. He puts a plate of meat in front of him and he sniffs it. Then Mandy walks up and she gives Otis a kiss. And Otis obviously doesn't know what's going on. So he thinks it's Tucker. He's like, oh, Tucky, I appreciate the pep talk. But, and then she pulls out the blindfold. And he's like, oh, it's Mandy. So she hands him the money in the bank briefcase. And then Tucker notes that Otis should cash in tonight if the opportunity presents itself. So we might have a cash in. We'll see. Suddenly, Seamus and Jeff Hardy are just brawling in the back. Uh, and the officials ran in and broke it up. So I don't really get why this was here. I think they should have just ended the segment on the night after Sheamus got the pee thrown on him and he was kind of, you know, just let him fight in the pay-per-view. No reason to show this. So whatever. Then they showed a really cool video package about the IC title tournament. Looked at the history of the Intercontinental Championship. Highlighted several champions like Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Pat Patterson, Ultimate Warrior, 
uh, Triple H, Randy Orton, Steve Austin, The Rock, no Edge, no Miz. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about the Miz in a minute. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you why. But then, to my surprise, we had the Intercontinental Championship tour Tournament Finals. And my first thought was, already? Wait, hold on. So, Strowman and Heavy Machinery versus Dolph Ziggler, Miz and Morrison. That's going to be the main event of the night? It was. And uh, this match was not. Uh, but it might as well have been because it was awesome and nothing on the show compared to it. So, I basically watched the main event when I saw this match. Uh, and it was in the middle of the show. I guess not too bad because normally WWE... Uh, their viewership is highest, like near the middle of the show. It either starts high and then drops throughout the show, or it's uh, starts out pretty good, gets a little bit higher, and then in the middle, and then drops off dramatically toward the end, uh, especially on Raw. So might not have been the end of the world, but I thought this match was awesome. I mean, no surprises here. It's Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. But the good thing about it was it wasn't too crazy. Like it wasn't like a ton of near falls. It wasn't like a ton of diving and flips and all this, that it was just a very hard hitting match that told a really good story. And you got to think about it. I mean, other than like the TLC and, you know, the couple of runs they've had, these two haven't really wrestled at all. I mean, AJ lost to Gulag last week, which was kind of weak, but whatever. Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles haven't had like any girl drama. They haven't had any, uh, you know, bringing up personal issues. They've had no long history per se coming into this match. So what were they going to do? What kind of story were they going to tell? Uh, a pro wrestling story is the answer to that question because they just beat the snot out of each other. Uh, AJ worked on Brian's arm, I think the beginning of the match. Um, but then Brian started working on AJ's shoulder, just like destroying this guy's shoulder. I mean, like, it was like American Dragon. Daniel Bryan came back because he was just putting, he was putting in AJ in all these type different types of holes, just attacking his shoulder, like trying to rip it out of socket. I mean, he was just stretching this guy the entire match. Uh, I mean, like I said, it, it was American Dragon just on WWE TV. Like he was just locking him in all type, types of different moves. Uh, and we went through three commercial breaks, by the way, throughout this match. Um, so yeah, Daniel Bryan just continued to work on his arm. On his arm, he uh, went for a yes lock at one point, and Styles fought. Styles fought out, threw him to the floor. He leaped over the top rope. Bryan caught him and sent him shoulder first in the ring post. Uh, he stomped his elbow on the apron. He got a near fall on Styles. He attempted to run a drop kick in the corner, but uh, Styles moved and crashed in the corner. Um, he hit Bryan with Bryan or Styles hit Bryan with some kicks, slammed Bryan's leg on the apron. And so then Styles started working on Daniel Bryan's knee slash leg. So he started working on Bryan's leg. Bryan, anytime he got the chance, was trying to go after Jade Styles' shoulder. So just attacking body parts. That's all it is. Like, and they're selling it. They're, they're, uh, I mean, Daniel's like hitting some moves, but I mean, he even tried to like run at one point and his leg kind of gave out on him. Uh, Styles was selling his arm pretty well. They were both shaking their arm, trying to get the feeling back. I mean, just great selling of uh, these injuries. Uh, Styles went for a phenomenal forearm at one point. But Brian just like caught him, like it, he 
he stepped aside and like caught him in like a dosey doe, turned around and put him in an arm bar. Like it was awesome. So he gets him on the ground. Styles looks like he's going to sit up and try to pin him with it, but he reversed it into a calf crusher. So Daniel Bryan's screaming in agony. He counters that back into an arm bar. Then they go for a triangle. Styles picks him up, attempts Styles clash, but Daniel was able to break out and hit Styles with a kick to the back of the head. Later on the match, Bryan hits uh, Styles with some uppercuts. He runs in the turnbuckle, does a backflip, but landed on his bad leg, on his bag, bad leg. So he stumbled, tried to seal it. Styles hits a reverse DDT, hits him with a Pele kick, hits him with a brain buster, and gets a close near fall. He goes for the style clash again, but Brian's able to roll out of it. Attempts a Pele kick, but Brian catches it, and he's, he kind of starts to go for an ankle lock, but AJ's about to get out of it, so he just locks his leg, uh, bends it back, and then hits him with a German suplex out of that. Like it's just awesome. He held on. Styles broke free and hit a German suplex of his own for a near fall. Brian uh, hits a serious elbow, finally gets in the yes lock, but Styles is able to make it to the rope, so he breaks out of it, grabs Styles' arm, hits him in the back of the head. Uh, Brian goes for the running knee, but Styles catches him and hits him with a Styles. Like he just caught him in the air, hit him with a Styles clash, and then Styles just gets on the apron, hits the phenomenal forearm, and he gets the win. Like no hundred kicks out of finishers. No, like, shenanigans. Just straight-up wrestling match, attacking body parts, selling the injuries, and one guy finished the match as the better man. I mean, you couldn't for ask, ask for more with these two. I mean, it was so good. Uh, I mean, if I if, it, if I can say anything, it's like, obviously, it, it can be a better match. But for what they had, like, you know, with a, really a minimal story going into it, they made an awesome wrestling match out of that. So, I mean, guys need to watch this match because it's just a prime example of you don't have to have months of build, uh, you know, this crazy story, this love affair, love triangle, you know, partners feuding. You don't have to have that to have a great wrestling match. You can just go out there and now granted, these guys had like almost an hour. Jeez, I mean, this match went through three commercial breaks. It was a very long match. It was like, at least 30, 40 minutes. Like it was crazy. So uh, they had time, but still they proved that you could do it. And uh, yeah, it was awesome. I and mean, I mean, to nobody's surprise. So after the match, Renee Young got in the ring to interview the new champion and AJ Styles basically just says he's phenomenal. So that's great. So we'll see what happens. I was, uh, I'm interested to see where they're going to go with this, especially if Sammy uh, Sammy Zayn comes back anytime soon, um, I mean, hey, WWE might be done with him because you know he's he's not coming in. They took the title off of him. He might have heat or something. I don't know, but uh, I like I I think it's gonna be interesting to see what happens from here on out. And hey, if they have a rematch, even better. That being AJ and Daniel Bryan. So after this, we got a recap of Miz and Morrison. You know, doing all the shenanigans with Braun last week. Yada, yada, yada. Same old stuff. In the back, Braun Strowman. He know, he's just like cutting a promo in front of the camera. Like there's no Kayla. He's just standing in front of the camera. And it was fine. He said, uh, not a lot going on tonight um, between drug tests and a new champion. He says he likes Otis, but he's not in the mood tonight for him to cash in. So uh, he said, I, I proved last week by flipping over the van that I'm not afraid to take down heavy machinery or something like that. Just basically threatening Otis that if you try to cash in, dude, 
you'll get these hands. So after this, we see a ring crew setting up for a celebration with like brown or like black, gold and white balloons. Uh, very reminiscent of like Bailey's ring gear, I guess. But uh, they're setting up for a women's tag team title celebration. We got a recap of Bailey Banks defeating Bliss and Cross last week. And so then Sasha and Bailey come out. Uh, they get in the ring. Bailey notes that she's the most dominant champion. And uh, it could be lonely on top, but she's not alone because her best friend Sasha's there with her. Uh, Banks says they're role models and leaders. Uh, notice that notes of the title represents their friendship. Uh, the whole time she's talking, there's like, they have the uh, NXT people in the crowd and one, it's really one guy. I mean, some people chimed in with him, but honestly, one guy was leading the charge and you could hear him over everybody. <laughs> they would say something like, uh, you know, we're role models and he go wrong. <laughs> and, uh, she said, and we're leaders. He go wrong. These titles represent our championship wrong. It was pretty good. So uh, you're, I guess he's not going to do a what chant. And Bailey actually acknowledged him saying these people don't know anything because, you know, whatever. I kind of wish they would have addressed them as like the NXT crowd and like at least show who they are. They're just not fans and just kind of dog on them because they're in developmental, but whatever. So Bailey is uh, furious because uh, Bliss and Cross come out. Um, obviously, Alexa and Nikki promise they're going to win the titles back. Uh, they get in the ring when all of a sudden the Iconics appear on the big screen and there's like a Raw logo in the back. So I guess they're on Raw in the Performance Center. It's just weird. It's, just WWE. it's like WWE's like, hey, they're on Raw, so you got to put a Raw logo behind them. W- whatever, I guess. Of all the things to be like to have continent, continuity over, like they don't do it in their storylines half the time, but by God... These people have to know these girls are on Raw. So, whatever. Anyway, they come on and uh, they say that they have like an advantage of both teams because they've beaten Alexa and Nikki in a tag match. They beat Sasha and Bailey for their tag titles at WrestleMania. So, and then they say something like it's just it, all four girls, Alexa, Nikki, Sasha, and Bailey, are like listening to them, standing side by side in the ring and they're talking trash. And then the Iconics just say something like, um, I forget how they worded it, but it was like, you know, if you didn't want to get beat down by us, then maybe you should turn your back on Alexa and Nikki. And like Nikki and Alexa, as they're saying it, like slowly start backing up. It's like, did they plan this out or something? I don't know. It just came off really phony. But anyway, so Sasha and Bailey stand there forever before they finally turn around and Bliss and Nikki just attack them from behind because, hey, this is SmackDown and we're uh, bass backwards. And uh, the baby faces attack the heels from behind. So whatever. They uh, beat them down, toss them out of the ring. The Iconics just laugh at them. And that's what's setting us up going into backlash. So whatever. Uh, so they just basically, Sasha Bailey took off up the ramp. And then after this, Kayla was in the back to interview Ms. Morrison. Uh, they tried to play a new music video, but Braun Strowman, his music interrupts them. And he makes his way down the ring. We also got another Matt Riddle video package who is making his debut next week on SmackDown. I'm really excited for it. Hopefully, fingers crossed, they don't screw him up. But hey, it's WWE, it's the main roster. And Paul Heyman's not there anymore, even though he was on Raw. But hopefully, Bruce Pritchard likes this guy. 
uh, and doesn't make him like the next shorty G or something. Uh, yeah, we'll see, but fingers crossed. So then we get our not really main event of the evening, but it's the last match to go on. Braun Strowman and Heavy Machinery versus Ms. Morrison and Dolph Ziggler. It was fine, a little, little strange, but it, it was okay. I mean, obviously, this could not live up to the IC title tournament final. But, hey, nothing on nothing else on the show did. So, uh, the Babyfaces had the advantage early. Otis and Tucker gave Miz a double headbutt. Uh, Tucker dropped Morrison, on, uh, hit him with a backdrop. Uh, he landed on his feet, and Morrison leaped off the middle rope. But Tucker caught him, hit him with a power slam. They launched Strowman into the corner into Ziggler. Tucker then gave Ziggler uh, standings like suplex. And then all of a sudden, King Corbin comes on the screen. And he's in the back approaching Mandy Rose, who's just standing back there. Corbin's mad that Otis and uh, Mandy stole his crown last week. But uh, he notes that he knows Mandy is fantasizing to, about being with a man like him. When Otis starts running to the back uh, to go save Mandy, I guess he feels like Corbin's Mr. Stu, your girl, and he's got to go save her. So he runs back there, beats down Corbin, and uh, we go to commercial break. So he just left his tag team partner and Strowman in the ring. And we got a commercial break. We come back. The heels are in control because Strowman and Tucker are on their own. And Otis just decided not to come back during this commercial break. Uh, the heels, like I said, are in control. Ziggler's like slowed down the pace, isolating Tucker. Uh, Tucker was able to break free finally. He went for a tag, but Miz and Morrison pulled Strowman off the apron and beat him down at ringside and put him out of commission. So it's basically Tucker versus the three of them. But then all of a sudden, Otis and Mandy decided to come back finally. I guess he had to take a you know, like a piss break or something. I don't know. He took his sweet time, though, getting out to the ring, and Mandy's with him. So Otis finally gets in, gets the hot tag. He runs wild on everybody, launches Ziggler over the top rope. Uh, Ziggler also like kicked him in the gut at one point. He was doing his dance thing. So like I said, he launched Ziggler over the top rope. Strowman. Uh, he's on the outside. He recovers. So Otis does like the little spinny thingy. So Strowman starts running a train on everybody, runs around, uh, hits. Who was the first he hit? Hit the Miz first. Then he goes and just like lifts Morrison in the air and smashes him into the plexiglass like board or whatever. Uh, and he just bounces off it on the floor. And then he hits Ziggler. He tosses him in the ring, motions to Otis, and Otis hits the Caterpillar. They pick up the win. Solid match. Not like amazing. Obviously not the best match on the show. And then after the match, Otis, Mandy, Tucker, and Strowman all celebrated the win in the ring. And that's the go-home show. So, fine. It, it was what it was. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to give this a C. If AJ versus Brian wasn't on the show, it would definitely be getting a C. Just because, like, I mean, not a whole lot happened. I mean, the matches were fine. It'd probably get like a B minus, maybe, I guess. But because Brian and Styles were really the focus of the show, uh, the opening segment was pretty good. And all the other matches were decent as well. So I'm going to give it a B plus, not quite an A minus, because, God, you know what? Screw it. I'm giving it an A minus. It could have been better, but. God, Styles and Brian was so good. I got to give it an A somehow. So giving it an A minus, a low, low A minus, like a 90 basically. They, they pushed it over the edge. But 
that was SmackDown for the week. And it was, like I said, good show. And that leads us right into Backlash. So I'm going to run down the entire card, pick who I think is going to win and kind of talk about it, talk about the stories going in and kind of what's been happening. Um, if, you, if you don't know, if you haven't read or heard about it, um, we, we posted about the story on our page. Uh, so basically what happened is the creative team for Raw and SmackDown has been fused together, a merger, some would say. And uh, Paul Heyman is no more. At least uh, Paul Heyman, the uh, creative director or, you know, head of creative on Raw, which is a shame because uh, back when this started, it was it was Bischoff to start with and Paul Heyman, who were the two separate, you know, entities that uh, Vince McMahon picked to head these two brands. Obviously, Bischoff didn't last and Bruce Pritchard took over. Uh, who's done a pretty good job, I would say. Uh, but in the beginning, it was unique because Bischoff wanted all the stars, the established people. So he got like guys like Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt. And uh, Paul Heyman wanted new guys. So he got guys like Aleister Black, Andrade, Drew McIntyre. Uh, he got Brock Lesnar, obviously. And, and he got Seth Rollins. But for the most part, he got like what he wanted. He, he wanted guys that he could feature. And that's always kind of been Paul Heyman's forte. I mean, he... He did it when he took over SmackDown back in the day. He got Edge and Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero and even JBL, John Cena. He got those guys over, but they were new guys. And he was doing the same thing on Raw here. Uh, we had the emergence of Aleister Black. Rey Mysterio has been great. Seth Rollins had a new character. Uh, Apollo Crews has got his career revitalized. Andrade has been excellent. Angel Garza has been good. Uh, Buddy Murphy has been fantastic with Seth Rollins. Austin Theory. A lot of new faces. And, and hey, Drew McIntyre has been great as the uh, champion on Raw and has been a unstoppable baby face. Like Paul Heyman has done a great job. Now I say this, that it's still Vince at the end of the day. Like Paul Heyman could have his influence, but it's still Vince that's making these decisions. And I think it just came down to Raw's ratings have been slipping. So is SmackDown's and really so is every TV show. But um, I think Vince is just more comfortable with Bruce Pritchard and he wanted to consolidate these teams. Um, I don't know why and like why he felt the need to do this. And I don't know if it had anything to do with like, uh, probably not, but I know we had this, this new wild card rule. I even forgot the name of it already. It's just stupid, but um, stars going from show to show and all this stuff. And I know Alexa and Nikki as champions started going to Raw and SmackDown. And um, like, it, it was kind of weird because they were feuding with, um, they're feuding with Banks and uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey on SmackDown, but then they're feuding with Iconics on Raw, and then they just lose the titles. I was like, "What is that? What does that do with the story?" And so they just made a triple threat out of it. And I don't know if that was like a they couldn't figure out like they they couldn't have guys going to shows without like the same creative behind it. I, I don't know. I don't. And maybe they're going to get rid of the split altogether. Which hey, I'm fine by that. It doesn't really work. It never really has. They've always done away with it somehow. So why even bother? Um, but it does feature, it gets guys featured on both shows. I don't know. Like I, like I said, I've been wanting for a long time for them to just do champions can go to either show. They can do a story like, and, and have one like world title, one intercontinental championship, no U S title, one tag team champions, one women's tag team champion, one women's champion, and just have them go from show to show. It's like the same thing. Like 
I mean, they do have one women's tag team. And when they made that title, I thought that was like the first test to where they could, you know, test it out and then do it with all the other titles. Like have just night of champions, do unifications of all the titles and just let the champions go wherever they want. It's like the easiest thing to do. So you can have, you know, have your cake and eat it too, or whatever it's the saying is. So, but I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, but Paul Heyman's out. Bruce Pritchard is now heading raw. Um, he, he knows Vince. Vince is comfortable with him. They've worked together for years, even before now, like they go, they go way back. So Bruce is a Vince guy. It's who's Vince comfortable with. If Paul Heyman butted heads at all, which I think he kind of realized after, you know, his ECW run, his SmackDown run where he used to get so mad at Vince, he did say he kind of let a lot of that go. Uh, and he's been in the position for just about a year now. So uh, he lasted that long. So maybe, maybe they just finally, it came to blows or maybe they just, you know, decided to do this. I, I don't know what it is, but Heyman is still with the company. He's going to be an on-screen personality, I guess. I don't know if he's going to manage somebody else or if Brock Lesnar's coming back, but they they specifically got rid of him as the creative uh, head of creative, so he could focus on being an on-screen character for what that's worth. So, uh, yeah. So, what is it going to mean for some of these matches? Uh, mainly, this first match we're going to talk about: Apollo Cruz versus Andrade. Because uh, Apollo Cruz, he was nobody on SmackDown when. Eric Bischoff slash Bruce Pritchard had him on that show with Shorty G. They were lambs led to slaughter to Sheamus. Like they, he, he came back. They had a handicap match, a match with him and they got destroyed. So they're nobodies. And then, you know, Apollo Cruz just goes over to raw. Suddenly it's like SmackDown just like gave him away. Didn't even trade him. And, he just like completely revitalized, revitalized his career. He's do, he does great. Almost gets in the TLC match, but gets injured with air quotes, and um, you know comes back. It's fired up. He's you know got a hot streak going on. Takes on Andrade and beats him for the U.S. title. So does this now that Paul Heyman, who liked the guy, who's you know pushing the guy, is it going to go away? Is Apollo Crews going to get lost again? Is he going to be a geek again? Who knows? But uh, obviously, Angel Garza and Selena Vega are probably going to play a part in this match. Maybe Aleister Black uh, can come out and help Apollo. They've kind of been buddies. So there might be something there. Uh, but I think it's going to be a good match. I mean, Apollo is a great talent. I mean, it's it's baffling that he has he's just coming into his own. Like, yeah, the guy's not the best at promos, but he's so good in the ring. Like it's just like Chad Gable. Uh, it's just like Cedric Alexander, like Ricochet, just let them go in there and do their thing. Like just let them wrestle. Don't get over. Like you don't have to worry about like, you don't have to let make Ricochet cut these stupid fake superhero promos or like I'm a real life suit. Like just let him go in the ring and do his thing. But no, they couldn't do that. So hopefully Paul Cruz doesn't do that. Hopefully he keeps his title here. Um, and hopefully he moves on. Um, I am going to predict that Apollo Crews wins this match. God, I hope he does. Cause yeah, I, I don't know. Like, but it's hard to say too, cause I don't really see any titles changing hands on the show. So I don't know. I, Vince usually likes, he doesn't like to have all champions go over. It's got to have some kind of newsworthy thing. So I could see Apollo losing it here. Cause this Bruce Pritchard and Vince, maybe they don't believe in the guy. So 
Who knows? But I'm rooting for Apollo. I'm going to give him the win here. Uh, so, yeah, that's the first match of the night. I mean, well, I don't know if it's going to be the first match, but first match on the card. Uh, then we have Bailey Sasha as the women's tag team champions versus Alexa Nikki versus the Iconics. Basically, the entire women's tag team division. I really don't know what's going to happen here. Um, I, Bailey and Sasha could win, and they could. Uh, they, yeah, they could just keep doing their thing. Like I wish they wouldn't, because I. First of all, they're both heels, like strong heels. I'm not, I don't. I'm not rooting for this. Isn't Miz and Miz Dow, where there's like a clear or Alex Riley Miz or something like, you know, there's not like a clear baby face in this duo that's going to turn on the other and go baby. Face. Like they're both nasty heels. I don't care which one, like Sasha, he's getting mad at Bailey because Bailey's being a jerk, but Sasha's just as much of a crappy person as Bailey is. So I really don't care. So I could see them just holding on to these titles and going, you know, weeks, months as the champion and then teasing, like, they've been doing this forever. I'm just tired of it. I just want to see. It's like they're trying to do this long build. It's just, like, going on forever because they want to do uh NXT Brooklyn remake with Sasha and Bailey. I don't know. I'm kind of hoping Alexa and Nikki win because they're really the best tag team, I think, on the brand. I mean, there's not many of them. Obviously, Asuka and Kyrie, Kyrie Sane are great, too, but it's Asuka's not – a tag team right now. It's just her. And I don't think she should be in the tag team. Uh, it's not good for Kyrie because they just keep letting it kill by Naya, but uh, it's good for Oscar, I think. So Kyrie needs to go to SmackDown, make a name for herself, I guess. But, uh, and then they need to build out this tag team division. They need more teams. So give to Alexa and Nikki, their sta- established tag team iconics. They're jobbers. They, they're, they're not good workers. They're like, they're not, I don't want to see them win it because they're going to just fight like Alexa and Nikki for like maybe a couple weeks if they win it. And it's just, and there's no team coming out of that feud that could challenge them. So I really like just give it to Alexa and Nikki, have the iconics there. give them a small program on raw or something and let Alexa and Nikki go over and then add some more tag teams to this division, build it out a little bit more. It can't be Sasha and Bailey. Because Bailey's already the women's champion. They're going to feud at some point. So put some more tag teams in there. Let's get some people from NXT up and see what we can make. Do uh, Tegan and uh, who is she with on NXT this week? Uh, Tegan and uh, God, who was it? I can't remember. Somebody. Just bring up some more people and uh, make some more tag teams. They need to build this division somehow. And not Carmella and Dana. Nobody wants to see them as a team. So whatever. Then, oh, my prediction is going to be Alexa and Nikki. So I want to win. So that's who I'm going with. Then we have Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. I mean, Jeff Hardy won the King of the Ring already. I mean, not King of the Ring. He won the IC title tournament match already. Uh, Sheamus killed him every other instance. I kind of think Jeff Hardy's going to win this. I mean, they've building up, been building up Sheamus, but they've been building up Jeff just as much. So I think Jeff's going to look, look like a geek if he loses this. So my money's on Jeff. I, I just hope it's not the same match where Sheamus just beats the snot out of him for 90%. But 
Uh, that's kind of how every Hardy match has been since he's come back. So I don't expect to be any different. So we've already seen this match, and I think it's going to end the same way. I think Jeff Hardy is going to get the win here. Then we have Asuka versus Nia Jax. Um, I think it's clear. I think Asuka is destined to go up against Charlotte. They took the NXT title off of her. She had a DQ against Asuka, but still got the uh, better of that exchange and then beat her clean last week, even though like Nia distracted her, but whatever. That's Asuka's fault for falling for that. And Nia's been killing people and she's got heat backstage for, you know, killing people. So I think Asuka's got to win here. I just don't see the benefit of Nia winning this at all. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know what's, what is going to be in store for Nia after that. I don't really care. She needs to go back to developmental because she sucks. So I think Oscar's winning here. She's keeping her belt and then she's going to go into a program with Charlotte uh, or EO maybe or Rhea. I think Rhea might get called up pretty soon because I don't know what's left for her to do on NXT. But uh, yeah, Oscar's going to pick up the win here in my opinion. Also, uh, I will note, I'm going to get the uh, picks from Micah and Matt and uh, if they jump on the review show for us when we review this, it's going to be up, uh, I guess, either Monday or Tuesday. Uh, we're going to run through and give everybody, like, just do our normal predictions of, like, you know, who, who we thought was going to win and do that little competition. So I'll give my picks now, and then I'll get the picks from everybody else later. Uh, and hopefully they don't listen to the show and steal all my picks because uh, they know I'm going to win. Because I always win. So then we also have the Universal Championship match, handicap match. Listen, I love John Morrison, and The Miz is good with him. I don't like Braun Strowman, but they can't beat him here. They just can't. I think Miz is going to take the fall here. I think Strowman's going to win. But the last time Strowman was in a championship match, handicap match, the dummy signed the match with Shinsuke, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn, and that's how Sami Zayn became Intercontinental Champion. So it's totally possible Strowman could uh, be a buffoon and lose here. And it's totally possible that Otis could cash in here. Strowman could get uh, could get the win and then get attacked by Miz and Morrison out of anger. They beat him down, and here comes Otis. Now... I still like the idea of Otis using the briefcase for him and Tucker to get a tag match. I, don't, I guess that's how it can work. I don't even know if that's possible with the briefcase, but I like that idea. But I think we'll at least get a tease here. I think Otis, it's possible he comes out, thinks about cashing in, but Strowman's like down, and Otis is a good guy. Uh, I know we've had good guys in the past, like like uh, I think CM Punk was an example. Um there's been other guys uh, who have cashed in the money in the bank, being a babyface and won the title. Um, but I think Otis, he's got a good heart. He's 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 he doesn't do things for himself all the time. So I think if anything, he, he'll come down and see Strowman as one point, and he'll he'll decide not to do it. He, he can't do it, you know, while the man's down. So I think we'll get some kind of tease here, but. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to cash in and actually win the Universal Championship. They might do it because, I mean, I don't see many other titles changing hands on this show, but 
as possible. Then we have Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. Now, I've heard some people say they actually think Bobby Lashley could win this match because of everything that's going on, uh, which I don't think is the best reason to do it, like just for the sake of doing it, to make headlines. Because, I mean, it's not like he's the first African-American world champion. I don't think it's good to make headlines if you do that. It would just kind of do it for the sake of doing it, and that's really a disservice to Drew. I think they will have a really good match because Bobby Lashley can work. Uh, when he was in TNA and on Impact, he was doing the best work of his career and worked really well with a lot of people. And their program has been pretty good. Obviously, MVP is going to play a role in this match as well. But hey, Drew McIntyre is on hot streak. I think he'll get put in the uh, full Nelson at some point, but he'll have to fight out of it like Super Cena fought out of the Master Lock. So I, I see Drew getting the win here and keeping his title, but I think it'll be a really good match. Uh, could Otis cash in on Drew McIntyre? Could they do that? Or is it just like Raw and SmackDown exclusive? I don't know if they've said that, but uh, but no, I don't think he'd do that. I think he's going to tease it against Braun, but because uh, they've got like a little bit of a story going on there that they're like buddies. But uh, I see Drew picking up the win here uh, and keeping his title. But I would not be surprised if WWE tries to, you know, appease some of these rioters and protesters by making a black guy a champion of their show. Uh, I wouldn't do that just for the sake of doing it. Uh, Plus, he's a bad guy. So what does that really say? So I see Drew McIntyre winning it, though, and keeping his title. And maybe feuding with Seth Rollins next. Who knows? Who's not even on the show, actually, but... Hey, there might be uh, a match thrown in here. Uh, Alistair Black doesn't have a match either, so uh, they've been feuding, so they might throw something in here last minute. Lord knows they do that from time to time. And then our main event of the show. I'm hoping, well, listen, if AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan for the IC title tournament final can't make the main event of SmackDown this week, I kind of wouldn't be surprised if Edge versus Orton in the greatest wrestling match ever doesn't go on last on the show. I would not be surprised, but I would imagine it's going to go on last. And uh, it's to the point now. I'll watch the match because it's being teased as the greatest match of all time. And from what I've heard, I heard they filmed it. I heard it was really good. I don't know if it'll be good, as good as Brian Styles. I mean, I know Matt is predicting that it won't be, but I heard it's really good. I, I mean, I wouldn't put it past Edge and Orton. I think they want to work hard because they heard their Mania match was like lackluster, even though it had a great build. The match was lackluster, so they, they want to come out and prove they can still still go. But the story is weak. The like, just I, everything except for the guys in the match. I hate because they had a great lead up to WrestleMania. It just wasn't a good match. Had the right result. Just wasn't a good match. Uh, And then we come back and edge, you know, whatever with Orton. Orton's like, all right, take me on in a straight up wrestling match. And now edge is like unsure of himself. Now he's not sure he can come back and be the same guy again. Chris Christian's out there questioning his, his uh, heart, his ability. And I'm like, he just beat Orton 
at Mania. Why is this a question? He beat the snot. It's even worse because he beat the snot out of him outside of the wrestling ring. And what are the rules of a last main standing match? You have to keep your opponent down for 10 seconds. What are the rules of a straight up wrestling match? You have to do it for three seconds. Why is Edge questioning himself? I don't get it. It sucks. <laughs> and then, like I said, they, they've been showing advertisements on SmackDown. And they keep saying it's a story that writes itself. No, it's not. You guys are writing all this BS. You're calling it the greatest wrestling match ever when everybody knows it's not going to be. Orton doesn't even have the greatest Undertaker, Undertaker match of all time. I don't think he's got a really good match with Mick Foley, but you could argue Edge has a better match with Mick Foley. Like, Orton is great. I think he's great. I think he's a, he's a for sure Hall of Famer. He always, like, puts on a good performance. Uh, not always, like, but how many, like, five-star matches has he actually had? I don't know if he's had any, honestly. So he's probably going to have a good match here. I heard it's really good, but greatest match of all time, greatest match ever, is not going to be Undertaker Shawn Michaels. I don't know if it's going to be Undertaker AJ Styles in a Boneyard match. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. As for a prediction, I'm going to have to go Edge, I think. Because, I mean, why? I feel like if you went Randy Orton, you'd have to do a trilogy blow-off. And I guess they could do that, but I just don't want to see it. Like, we got a good build for the first match. It was a little lackluster. If they came out here and just knock us one out of the park, end it there. That's where it needs to end. There's no reason for it to go on longer than that. But we'll see. We'll see, I guess. Um, I think Edge is going to win. I think he should win. It's totally possible Orton like does a straight up wrestling match, but then cheats to win in the end, and that sets up their third match. And you know that makes Orton like Edge basically has the match won, and Orton has to cheat to win. And you know he holds it over Edge's head. But Edge is like, dude, you had to cheat to beat me. Like you knew I was about to win, and that's kind of what the continu- continues it on. But hey, listen, like I said, if this is a good match, just end it here. I, I don't, I don't know why you had to do a third match at the next random pay-per-view SummerSlam, I guess, or whatever. Especially if this is going to be the greatest match ever. Why would you go on past this? It's like, this is going to be the greatest movie ever. And then you set up for the sequel at the end. Huh? It's going to be Empire Strikes Back versus Return of the Jedi at that point. Or Phantom Menace. (laughs) Even worse. But whatever. I think Edge is going to win, so he is my pick. Uh, So that's Backlash. Uh, As far as I know, as of six hours ago, uh, this is the most recent card that we have. Like I said, they could add a match. I could see Shorty G maybe getting a match. He's been featured on SmackDown lately. I could see Otis maybe getting a tag match. Uh, New Day could have a match. Maybe a title match with Nakamura and Cesaro gets added to this. Uh, Rollins uh, and... Alistair Black, like I said, could have something going on. There, there's a lot of ways they could have matches, and they do it all the time. And Lord knows, their last pay per view, uh, t- or yeah, tables, ladders, and chairs, or no, it was Money in the Bank. 
uh, I think I called TLC earlier too, but Money in the Bank. Um, it, it was two and a half hours long or whatever it was. Like short, sweet, and very watchable. I'm hoping the show's like this, but it, it seemed like it's going to be more like the typical WWE show. And it's probably going to be like four hours. So they could slap on some more um, matches. So we, But we won't count those towards our counter, um, our contest. Uh, but yeah, I could easily see them adding some more into this. But just to recap of my picks, Apollo Crews versus Andrade for the United States Championship. I think Apollo is going to keep the title. I hope he does. Bailey and Sasha versus Alexa and Nikki versus the Iconics for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. My pick is Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, and I hope out they, they hope they build out the women's division after the match. Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy. I think Jeff Hardy's going to win this. Uh, Oscar versus Nia Jax. Lord, Lord, please. It, listen, if Nia Jax wins this match, I'm going to pull a mat and I'm going to take a break for like a month. So you heard it. You heard you heard it fresh, Matt. I know you're going to listen to this. If Nia wins, I'm taking a break. I'm walking. Uh, even though I don't watch her on Raw. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd take a break. Uh, then Strowman versus Ms. Morrison. I say Strowman keeps his title. But uh, Ms. Morrison, I love him, but they shouldn't win here. Drew McIntyre versus Bobby. Drew McIntyre, I see winning. Uh, but Bobby could come very close. Oh, also forgot to mention, I think Otis is going to tease in a Braun Strowman's match afterwards, but not actually cash in. So... Maybe bonus points for myself if I get that right. And then Edge versus Orton in the main event for the greatest wrestling match ever. Edge has got to be the winner. So uh, that's who I think is going to win. Uh, let us know who you think is going to win. Uh, write in the comments uh, if you think I'm wrong, if you uh, think they're going to add some extra matches, who you think is going to win. Just like list the whole card if you want and tell us who you're going to win and we'll, we'll catch your score. Uh, we'll see if we can get a little contest going and see if you guys can beat us in particular predict these uh matches uh but yeah write in your comments send us a message as well on facebook uh make sure you follow us on instagram follow us on twitter and uh you can post stuff on there too send us a message uh from there as well uh social media on instagram and facebook is russell life radio uh on twitter at russell life pod you can follow matt on facebook and instagram i think no instagram and twitter at russell life matt uh and then follow me on Instagram at Kyle.poly. And that is our preview of Backlash. So tune in on Sunday. Uh, watch and see what happens. And then we'll give you a recap uh, either Monday or Tuesday whenever we get that up. So keep an eye out for it. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. Uh, like I said, share this share this page. Share our show. And we'd really appreciate it. It just helps us out a little bit more. We want to grow the audience. And uh, we want to get a good community going because you guys are awesome that are here so far. So we want to keep that growing, but uh, just stay tuned for the the review after the pay-per-view coming up. And as well, we're going to have our weekend review coming up on uh, Wednesday as we normally do. So just keep an eye out for that as well. Or Matt uh, should be back, I think. If not, me and Michael will be there. We'll review Raw and SmackDown. Uh, and we'll get you, or no, sorry, Raw and uh, AEW from this week. Uh, we'll get you all caught up. And then we're going to have another Indie Focus coming on uh, Saturday with Matt. So we just had one posted. Check that out as well. But I am your host, Kyle Polly, for the week. Uh, thanks for tuning in again, guys. And we will catch you guys later. Thanks.